Welcome to Church Online today. It's so good to have you with us. Uh, We're actually in a series in the book of Jonah we kicked off last week called All the Fields. And so if you have your Bible with you, go ahead and turn to Jonah chapter 1. We're going to start in Jonah chapter 1 this morning. Well, I remember a time that was pretty scary for me. What happened was was we were swimming uh, in North Carolina. If you swim in North Carolina, you know that the, the currents are really bad there. I was always warned as a child about it. Well, I was with my wife and with her family, and she has two sisters and a brother who are younger. At that time, the younger sisters were probably in their early teens. And what happened was, was that we began to get deeper and deeper in the ocean and didn't realize it until finally I couldn't touch. Now, I'm not that tall, so maybe that doesn't mean a lot, but I said, hey guys, I can't touch. And I looked over and immediately one of her younger sisters, like, Just her face turned white and her eyes got big because she couldn't touch. And as she couldn't swim back either, the current began to take her out. Not only her, but her other little sister. Her brother began to swim. He was a little older. My wife is an an excellent swimmer. So she's trying to get one of them. I grab onto one of the sisters and she drags me under. And it is the scariest thing ever. I think I'm going to drown. And about that time, there's a guy on a surfboard that comes by and he ends up getting both the, the sisters on the surfboard. My wife and I and her brother are able to swim back in against the current and the tide. And we were rescued with that. The thing about that story is this. We didn't realize that we had drifted so far away, right? Have you ever been to the ocean and you're swimming? And you kind of like, use your towel or your umbrella as the, the, the point of, hey, we've gone too far to the side. Let's come back. Well, that happened to us. But not only did it go from side to side, but we almost drowned. And I want to talk to you today about a time when in Jonah's life where he drifted from God. I want to talk to you today about times in our lives when we drift from God also because it's going to happen. Well, the backdrop of Jonah, just so you know, before we jump into today's passage is this. Jonah was living in the northern kingdom of Israel in 740 BC. Very important. It's right before Israel is going to be exiled and, and the Assyrians are attacking them and things are going on. And there's this country right adjacent to the north of them called Assyria. Their capital city was Nineveh, where Jonah would be sent to preach uh, by God. Well, the Assyrians were kind of like how America and Canada is, like, like, you know, just bordering each other. The Assyrians were very wicked people, extremely wicked, to the point that they would take men, bury them up to their necks in sand, and cut their tongues out and leave them to die. They would take the women and children of a country and, and use them as slaves. And what they were doing to Israel was this, the northern kingdom. They were going in and they were actually deporting people and taking them to other foreign countries where they would be enemies and slaves. They were burning their religious places of worship and the temple. They were putting up pagan shrines. They were destroying families and Jonah lived to see all this. So he's watching this happen around him. And I don't know about you, but if I saw a country doing that to my people, I would hate them, right? It would break my heart. Could you imagine Jonah seeing his uncle beheaded or his cousin buried up to his neck in sand with his tongue cut out? Or Jonah hearing the news of his family members being deported to never see them again by this wicked pagan serving Assyria. And that's what was happening. They were serving other gods. They were pagans. 
And so Jonah is, is really upset. And then this is what God calls Jonah to do. He's going to call Jonah to go preach to the Ninevites, the capital city, to preach the message of repentance. Now remember, Genesis 12, God promised the Jews through Abraham, hey, listen, if someone blesses you, I'll bless them. If they bless Israel, I'll bless you. But if they curse you, I'm going to curse them. Meaning that Abba Father is going to drop the hammer on them. I believe deep down inside, that's probably what Jonah was, was thinking. I'm going to go preach. I'm going to preach repentance. They're going to reject this repentance. You know what's going to happen? Daddy's going to drop the hammer. Fire from heaven, baby. And so Jonah, as you know the story, that doesn't happen exactly as Jonah planned. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh to begin with. And, and last week we discovered why. And that's why we had to read chapter 4 last week, because Jonah knew that God was merciful and compassionate and slow to anger. And so watch what happens in Jonah chapter 1. In Jonah 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah of Amittai, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. So Jonah is excited, right? Announce my judgment. But Jonah got up and went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Because he knew like, why would he do this? Because he knew deep down inside that Yahweh was forgiving. He was merciful. He was compassionate. And Jonah wanted nothing to do with any compassion or mercy toward the nation that he hated so greatly. So he gets on this boat going to Tarshish. Now, here's what happens. During this time, a great storm comes up. And the guys on board, the sailors, discover, watch this, that something's wrong with this picture. It's not just a, a regular storm. They knew something was up. They sailed the seas all the time, and they discovered that Jonah was the problem. And here's what they said to Jonah. They said, Jonah, you ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here, brother. You got to get off this ship because you are causing us problems. And so Jonah went overboard into the water. Let's look at what happens next, and let's skip down uh, to verses 15 and 17. Then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea. Could you imagine in the middle of what would be like certain like a hurricane to be thrown into the sea? Big waves and wind and there's no islands around. There's nothing. And this is what happens. And the storm stopped at once. The sailors were all struck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and they vowed to serve him. That's crazy. They saw God's power, the one true living God. And they're like, hey, look, we will serve you. We see how great you really are. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish, not a well, right? We call that a well. It's not a well. It's a fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and for three nights. See, Jonah drifted from God's purpose. Jonah drifted from God's original mission for his life. He did not want to have to go to the Ninevites, and he didn't want to have to go preach repentance to see their lives change because he hated them. So what did he do? He got a boat and went to Tarshish. 
What is Tarshish for you? What is that for you? Because see, I believe all of us have the ability, and throughout your spiritual journey, this will happen. You will drift from God. I've drifted from God, and you're going to drift from God as well. And that's what happened to Jonah. And today, what I want to do is I want to help you figure out how to self-diagnose when you are drifting from God or when you're running to Tarshish when God's called you actually to Nineveh. And so here's today's big idea. If you have your notes handy, go ahead and write those down this morning. Or you can tweet this, you can Facebook it, you can Snapchat it, or you can even Instagram it if you get so bold this morning. But I want you to write this down. Here's what I want to talk about when it comes to drifting from God. There are times when we will find ourselves drifting in a direction God hasn't intended. There are times in our life we're going to find ourselves drifting in a direction that God never intended for us to drift in. And we have to fight drift. Remember what happened to me in the ocean? It was so scary because we could have drowned. Friends, today there are some of you watching and you've drifted from God. You are just like that situation where it's becoming dangerous in your life because you've drifted so far from being centered with the Lord. I want to talk to you about that today. And I want to look at how do we diagnose and deal with drift in our lives. See, there's different reasons that we drift from God different reasons in our life. Uh, The first reason that I've seen is because of fear. Like, I don't know if Jonah maybe feared he would have got hurt by the Ninevites. I don't know. But I know for me, there's times that I refuse to have a conversation with someone because I fear they may leave the church, but they have a bad attitude. They're focused on just themselves. They're hurting other people. And you've got to have the conversation, even though it may cost me. And I get fearful, so I don't do it, even though I know the Lord has called me to disciple people. And discipleship means sometimes calling people in correction, saying, I love you and I want to help you. And so this is fearful for me. Maybe fear has gripped you. Maybe you're fearful of uh, speaking, or maybe you're fearful of, of starting a ministry, or leading a small group, or serving our kids' ministry, or, or whatever it is, or you're fearful of technology. Or, and so God wants to use you, but your fear has caused you to drift from God's purpose because you don't want to do that. Another reason I've seen that people drift is because of conflict. Sometimes they will get in conflict, and we talked about this in our last series with even Paul and Barnabas. They split separate ways because they were so sharply disagreed. Uh, they showed so sharply disagreed about Barnabas, they, they went uh, opposite directions. Why? Because they had conflict in their life. And sometimes in our lives, we allow conflict to cause us to not engage the mission of God. We get offended, so we, we step away from God. Sometimes we let church people hurt us to the point that we refuse to serve God because of what people have done. Never make God pay for what someone has done to you. Another reason is this is pain. And probably the primary reason we all drift from God's purposes. We don't want the pain. We just do not want to have to go through the pain of what it takes for what God has called us to do. And in life, you have to understand this. You'll never escape pain. You will only get a chance to choose what pain you're going to experience. Let me say that one more time. In life, you will never escape pain. Listen to me. You will only choose what pain you're going to experience. And so many of us will look to escape it when it's just a trade-off for a different pain altogether. I remember this because when I went, when we had our, when we had our, our son in our first year, I was very stressed out. I was very angry. Um, the church had grown drastically and went through a lot of transitions. People were leaving. People were coming. And I didn't want to do ministry anymore. I was stressed out. I'll be honest with you. I wanted to be done with the pain of ministry, of people always complaining, 
nothing's ever right. What, you know, the lights are too bright. They're too dim. There's too much haze, not enough haze. The music's too loud. It's not loud enough. There's too many hymns, not enough hymns. I mean, you could, the list goes on and on. And this is daily you deal with this grind. And I wanted to escape it, to go to a nice, quiet office like I used to have when I worked uh, in, in the corporate world and not have to deal with it. I went to a counselor, and he opened me up to this. He says, you have to understand something. You're going to trade your pain for another pain. I said, what do you mean? And he shared with me about that. He says, ministry is painful, but you're getting a great reward from it due to what do you believe a reward is in life. He says, if you go, you're going to fix one problem that calls another. Here's what we're doing. Many of us in our life, we're, we're trying to escape pain, but we're trading pain, and we're missing the purposes of God. Listen, you can go through the pain of counseling, or you can experience the pain of your negative emotions destroying relationships. You can go through the pain of getting out of debt or the pain and stress of living in debt. You can go through the pain of going through counseling with your spouse or the pain of divorce and watching your children hurt. You can go through the pain of going to the gym and exercising and eating healthy, or you can go through the pain of having health problems your whole life because you've chosen to escape one pain, but you're trading it for another. And that's what Jonah was doing. Either he was going to, go, going to experience the pain of Nineveh or the pain of Tarshish. The pain of going to them or the pain of trading that off. And many of us have missed out in our life because, listen, we're trading our pains. And we've actually drifted from God. So here's what happens when we choose in our life to try to escape the pain of God. Here's why this matters so much this morning. I want you to really dial in because this is how it will affect you and this is how it will affect me and this is how it has affected me. Listen to me. It cost us and others greatly because we miss out on the opportunity to partner with him. It cost us and others greatly. Why? Because we miss out on the opportunity to partner with our good God in his purposes. God called Jonah to partner with him, to go preach to Nineveh, to go on a mission to do what he's called him to do. And Jonah almost missed out on partnering with God and seeing God's redemptive purposes in the earth, seeing the, you know, the gospel in that day and time, what it was to be presented, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, because he was trying to escape pain. He didn't want the conflict. He was fearful. And friends, many of us today are missing out on the beauty of partnering with our Creator for His purposes because we don't want to have to deal with the pain. We've drifted from Him. And we've drifted so far that we're not engaged in the mission of God anymore. You've let culture help you drift. You're just perpetually angry because you don't get off social media and you're watching me, uh, uh, you know, news media all the time. And so you have actually disengaged the mission of God. You have actually drifted from God. Some of us are on that boat sailing for Tarshish. And I'm here today to come in on behalf of God to intervene, to help you, to say, hey, you know what? God wants you to partner with him. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what you struggle with. Just like Jonah, who wasn't perfect, who was filled with self-righteousness, he was filled with nationalism and elitism and prejudice and maybe even some racism. God said, I want to intervene and use you in your life. And today, as you're watching this, God is saying, as you're listening to this, God is saying, I want to use you. But listen, if you end up sailing and drifting in a different direction, 
you're going to miss out on God partnering with you to see something wonderful happen in your life. And we have to make sure we're always drawn back to that. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. In Hebrews 2 verse 1, he says this, So we must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard. Watch. Or we may drift away from it. One more time, I just want to read this to you. He says, we must listen very carefully to the truth which we have heard. Or we may drift away from it. We must be intentional intentional about fighting drift, intentional about bringing ourselves back into alignment. Do you know that a car has to be aligned more than once? Do you know that a guitar has to be tuned more than once? Why? Because we, uh, our culture, what, what we're drawn to in our life, we're drawn to drift, but even a car will get out of alignment. It has to be put back in alignment, and that is what God wants to do with us, to bring us back into alignment. So here's what we have to understand. You've got to learn to diagnose See, um, as I was writing this message several weeks ago, I was actually in the, the auto dealership getting my car worked on. And, and my car would like just idle and just shut off. I crank it back up and it's fine. Um, usually I can kind of diagnose. That's an alternator, that's a starter, that's a fuel pump, whatever. Well, it was weird because it would do it just randomly at any, I mean, it just, it was never three weeks it was fine and then one week it drove terribly. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. I decided to continue to just drive like that. It's fine. I can just crank it back up. It doesn't bother me. It just idles and shuts off, right? Well, uh, it was finally good until one day it shut off while I was driving. That was not fun. No power steering. I pulled over to the side, um, cranked it back up, and it drove fine. But I had to bring it to the shop to diagnose it because I wanted them to find out what exactly was going on with this car. And they did. After diagnosing it and a lot of money later, they fixed my car. And you and I have to learn to begin to diagnose. Your check engine light may be on this morning. Your check engine light may be saying, hey, look, there's something wrong. You're drifting. You're on a boat sailing in an opposite direction. And God wants to intervene with you today. And he wants to help you. But you've got to learn to pause and diagnose what's really happening inside of you. Here's some signs that you've actually are drifting from God. Here's some, some areas of, of, of diagnosing yourself there. The first one is this. One sign that you've actually drifted from God is you've lost focus. You've actually lost focus. And so you, you're not focused anymore on what God's called you to do. You're not intentional anymore about what you have to do. See, everything that's worthwhile in life takes great intention. Everything that's worthwhile. If you want to get out of debt, Dave Ramsey calls it gazelle intensity, meaning you're putting all your focus and energy into that. Um, if you want to lose weight, it takes just being intentional. You're going to track your calories and your macros. You're going to just track what you eat each day, right? Just like you track your debt. You're going to do that. Why? Because you're going to be intentional. But you've got to be intentional. People who end up having, you know, in their life, getting in debt, out of debt, yo-yo diets, or they're in church, or out of church, or they're always going through cycles. They're not intentional. And the one thing you've got to realize about focus is you've got to have focus. Maybe you've lost focus about serving God. Maybe serving at the local church, you've lost focus during COVID, and you don't see the meaning anymore. You've stopped watching the baptism videos. You made it all about you. You've lost focus. You don't get the same reward anymore. 
Maybe you've lost focus in your spiritual life. You just, you don't read the scriptures anymore. You don't really intentionally pray and intentionally read. Here's the next sign that maybe you've drifted from God. And it's this. Maybe it's that you have lost passion. You've lost passion for Jesus. It's just not there anymore. You're just kind of going through the motions. Um, you know, you're singing at church on Sundays. You're clapping. Maybe you come. Maybe you're just like, oh, I'm afraid for it to get over with. And maybe that's where you're at because you've lost passion for God. See, you've got to realize you can never engage the mission of God if you don't have the passion of God in your life. And we have to have passion to become more like Jesus in our life. Uh, Henry Nouwen said this. He says, the older you get, are you becoming more like Jesus or less like Jesus? And one of the questions that really struck me, I, I took time um, a few years ago at a retreat center uh, to get focused on God. There's one here in Richmond called Richmond Hill. And I went and spent time with God that day, and I went and I sat in their library, which was beautiful. It was a bunch of dead guys that had books. You want to read books from dead guys. And I read um, Henry Nowen at that point. And one of the things he said like this, he said, as I grow older, am I also becoming more in love with Jesus or less in love with Jesus? As I grow older, am I becoming more in love with Jesus or less in love with Jesus? Can I tell you for me that day, honestly, I find myself fighting, fighting, becoming less in love with Christ, even serving him in ministry. And maybe you're struggling with that too, but it takes passion. And maybe you're drifting from God and you've lost your passion for serving, your passion for sharing your faith, your passion for giving, your passion for loving Jesus. And here's the final sign this morning. Maybe you have misplaced priorities. Maybe you have misplaced priorities. And you can tell you're drifting when you have misplaced priorities. See, God called Jonah to Nineveh. That was his priority. That was God's priority. God's priority was Nineveh. Jonah's priority was sailing to Tarshish. That was his priority. And I think in life, a lot of times you have your Tarshish and God has your Nineveh in your life. And you have to figure out in your life, am I aligned with God's priorities? Some of us are more about our agenda than God's agenda. Some of you are about the agenda of lobbyist groups and agendas of political parties more than your God's agenda. The things that make you angry and that stoke your passion in life are not the gospel anymore. It's not people coming to know Christ. It's not people being discipled. It's other things. And what we have to do is line our priorities up with God's priorities in our life. See, Jeremiah, who was a prophet who ministered to the southern kingdom of Israel called Judah, the southern kingdom of, of Judah, he said this when they were in captivity and exile. And he said this to their, about their relationship with God, Jeremiah 29, verse 13. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me and I will be found by you. Some of you today have to realize that God wants to be found, but you're not looking for him. He says, I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again to your own land. He was promising the Israelites that, that if you will look for me, if you'll begin to seek me again, I can restore things in your life. I can restore passion. I can restore focus. I can restore those misplaced priorities. I can give your life purpose again. 
God's not angry at you. God, and we're going to look at next week about Jonah being the fish. God doesn't put us in the fish, quote unquote, because he's angry. It's not time out. It's because God wants to use us, but you have to seek God wholeheartedly. I love the illustration that I've used many times in sermons about a couple who in the old days, you didn't wear seat belts and there was bucket seats. You had one straight seat just right over, right? And this young couple, the wife sat right next to the husband as he drove and they enjoyed riding together and spending time together. And as they got older, the wife was closer to the window and she looked at her husband and says, I can't understand why we are so far away. We should sit next to each other. And the husband said this, which is super profound. He says, I've never moved. I've always been here driving. You're the one that slid toward the window. If you want to be closer, I'm, I'm where I've always been. That's what God's saying to you today. He's saying, I haven't gone anywhere. I've always been here. You're saying, I don't, you're saying, I don't feel you anymore, God. I don't, I don't, it's not God's fault. He wants you to start seeking him. He wants you to begin to swim back against the current, which is super hard. And if you can't do it, let me tell you something. You cry out for help, just like those, just like my, my wife's sisters did, my sister-in-laws. Cry out, and God will rescue you. He will meet you where you're at, and he'll bring you back into safety, and he will restore you in your life. Friends, that's my prayer for you this week. And I want you this week, your next step is to sit down and to figure out where have I drifted? Why have I drifted? And now what must I do to get back to do what God's called me to do to engage his, mis his, his mission to Nineveh? Stay tuned for next steps. Hey, that was an incredible message from Pastor Kevin. And today, as you're watching this online, you may want to make the most important decision of your life. And that's the decision to follow Christ. You see, Jesus, when he came to this earth 2,000 years ago, when he was born, he didn't just give great life lessons. He didn't just perform miracles, but he is the way of salvation. You see, when he died, he was crucified on a cross. But three days later, on that third day, he resurrected and came back to life. Now, that's incredible because that resurrection wasn't just him coming back to life, but that was him giving us a way for salvation, to be forgiven of our sins. Because for you and me, we can't uh, do enough good. We can't earn our way into heaven. But as it says in Romans, uh, that the only way of salvation is through believing and confessing. That we believe that Jesus was who he said he was. That he died and resurrected on that third day. And in that resurrection, conquered death, hell, and the grave. That we can be forgiven of our sins. So it's to believe that and to confess that. And if you want to make the decision to follow Christ today, it's you doing just those two things. So here's what I'd love for you to do. The way you can confess that today is click the link in the description that says you made a decision for salvation. And what we want to do, why do we do that? Because we want to connect with you. We want to invest in your relationship with God. And we have some free resources online that we want to send to you, that we want to connect with you. Again, we want to help you have a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're new with us here today, if this is the first time or maybe the second time you've joined us here online, we'd love to connect with you also. Make sure you click that link that says, I'm new here. Because we want to, again, we have something we want to give to you, some free resources and just a way to bless you for being with us today. So if you would, listen, we're about to go into this week. And I don't know about you, but I need God's help uh, with everything that I'm facing. So let's pray together today. So pray with me. God, we're so thankful that we can still gather even though online. And God, I pray that over the message that Pastor Kevin shared, God, may it impact us, may it transform us, because your word is true no matter what we're facing. God, I pray that you give us your strength and your peace. 
as we go into this week. God, we thank you for all that you have done, all that you're going to do. And it's your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. See you soon.